heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? On radio, digital radio, the app and streaming, RSN's Racing Pulse. Welcome back to Racing Pulse, Simon Zara is in the house and that believe it or not, is his most favourite Christmas tune, and that's why we've played it. How are you, Simon? I'm good after that run to get into the door. Now, you are used to be a world-class athlete, one of the best suburban footballers going around, and I think you ran... 100 in a tick over 10 at one day, didn't you? Oh, 10 and a half, bit, bit more than 10.6. I, I, I had a crack at Richard over match race, but he, he wouldn't have a bar of it. No. He got a bit scared, old Richard. Heart's a little bit small when it comes to that. <laughs> uh, but you've just done a little run for us just to come across from the Flemington Stables. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, the new studio's. Quite uh, quite good for us Flemington trainers, and uh, yeah, it was uh, easy to get here today. Now, in most people's normal working life, they're starting to wind down towards Christmas. What's what's the stable life like this time of year? Yeah, look, it's busy. Obviously, uh, you saw on the week on Friday we had two night meetings, a day meeting, mm. uh, plenty on Saturday, plenty on Sunday, and then um, yeah, throughout the next sort of fortnight, it's pretty full on. So. Uh, not a lot of rest. Just enjoy, you know, your Christmas day, and then, uh, and then you just sort of keep trudging on. How do you, how do you try and work it from a stable staff point of view? Do you try and find a few days off for your staff? How do you juggle it? Uh, look, we've got a lot of foreigners now, so it makes it probably a bit easier yeah. than than uh, the normal. But um, look, we just try and make it a, a, an easiest day as possible. But but I'm a bit old school. I like to work all my horses on uh, if it's not a Sunday on, uh, as normal. So I'm a bit uh, cruel in that sense. But you know, I like to keep everything ticking over. And um, yeah, unfortunately, that's the way I'm a bit wired. So we uh, you try and work everything, and then um, yeah, just sort of get in and get out on the day. So from that foreigner um, working point of view, is it been a bit easier to try and find stuff or is it still as tough as ever? Look, it's, it's probably it's probably been eased a bit. We've got, you know, you've got a, a, a lot of flags out the front now, you know, we've got a lot of sort of Indians, Colombians, um, French, so they're sort of all coming into, into the fray, but a lot of you know, um, people coming over from Ireland and England mm. as riders, so they're sort of coming into the into the fray a bit as well, so uh, look, there's a, a, it's, it's probably better than it has been in the past um and look you just got to teach them a bit more but you know to, to ease that 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 uh i probably find the afternoons are becoming the hardest you know there's a lot of people that don't enjoy the spit shift and happy to work in their morning but sort of not to come back in the afternoons so just on that do you take people who have experience around horses or if someone knocks on the door and says hey you know what uh, wouldn't mind trying trying something new. Um, can I have a job? Do you train them up? Uh, look, we do. Um, but you know, at the start we sort of get them doing the boxes and just a lot of the stable work, and then we sort of graduate them to handling horses and and things like that. You know, sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. Then it's not for them, and they move on. So um, you're happy to give give people a go to learn and and and, and look, you got to you got to try and get people in the industry, and, and that's the way you got to do it. That's what you got to do. When you say the split shifts, a lot of people out there might not understand what you. Mean and why there is a split shift. So, what's the 
normal daily routine. Yeah, look, it generally start at 4.30, the staff arrive, um, probably finish around 9.30, and then back in the afternoon around 1.30 to probably 4.30. So it's that sort of split shift in the in, in the middle of the day. A lot of people just go home and, and have a bit of a sleep and then come back. So we're just finding it a lot harder in the afternoons for people doing sort of um, um, the split shift. You know, there's plenty of people putting their hand up for early mornings, but coming back in the afternoon is becoming a bit of a chore. And when you come back in the afternoon, that's to to organise the feed and give them a bit of a walk and a pick, is it? Yeah, we, every horse goes on the walker. Um, we do their box, fill their waters up, uh, obviously get fed, uh, and then what rugs have got to go on. Uh, you know, we, and we do uh, a bit of preparation for the morning, for the next day. So that sort of happens uh, late in the afternoon once everything's done. We get a, a few things prepared for the, for the next day. What's your stable size at the moment? Uh, about 45, yep. comfortable. Um, yeah, just here at Flemington's, which is good. I've got enough in pre-training um, and enough in the paddock, but obviously we're heading into the sale season mm. again and um, put the noose around the neck and have, have make a jump again. Um, yeah, it's been a, a tough year for sales, but um, I think you know, I'm on a, a three-year rebuild um, and I'm not going to sort of wave around that. That's sort of how I have to sort of rebuild and go into the third year now and um, restock the shelves a bit and then hopefully, you know, those... Uh, the first sort of crop of three-year-olds now, which are now three-year-olds, all started to put their hand up, and you know we've we've been getting a few, and um, I think there's some nice horses amongst them. So when you sit down and go right, I'm going to do a rebuild, as you say, a three-year rebuild, years one, two, and and now the third. What kind of budget do you set yourself? Oh, last year we went a bit crazy, so uh, we'll be a little bit conservative on you know the size of um, what we pay for them this year, but I think natural. Um, the way thing, I think everyone in the industry is in the same boat. Everyone's going to be very cautious this year because um, everyone's sort of in the same boat um, in selling your horses. A lot of your mums and dads haven't got that yep. spare cash to invest, and I think things have got expensive in uh, training racehorses. So you generally find a lot of those people that um, bought ten percent now buy five, and the fives bought two and a half. And the two and a half just don't buy at the moment because it's just a bit tough. So, you know, you've got to read, read the tea leaves a little bit and um, we'll do that. But, um, again, um, you know, I can't waver from, from what I need to do to, to sort of rebuild the, rebuild the stable. So how much did you spend last sales season? Uh, about three and a half million. And how long did it take you to clear the debt? Uh, still going. Really? Um, but, you know, we, we're getting to the, the back end of it now, which is good. You know, there's a... Few, uh, a few scary months, um, but in the last sort of couple of months, it's been sort of a lot easier and progressing through. And I think a lot of people want, you know, things up and going to see if there's any ability there before they'll sort of throw their money away. So it's a bit of a catch twenty two. You you buy a yearling, you've got to educate it, you've got to bring it through. But I'm finding it these days you re- you sort of got to pay. Um, out of your own money for the first six months to, to get it to a certain stage before people will put their hand up to buy them. And how? Stressful is that? Oh, I don't lose any sleep over it. I'll, no, that's one thing I don't don't lose sleep over. But you know, you got to you you got to worry about it. You got to, but you just got you got to work on it. Um, you know, I've got uh, obviously um, um, Jackson Cook and Cameron Cook in, in the office now as well to sort of start to you know sell horses, um, communications, and 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 re- help me rebuild the team. And um, you know, we're on. We're on a, a road to where we want to go to, and uh, they're, they're obviously a big part of that. So what's your budget this sales season? 
Um, oh, I'll just test the waters first. Um, we head to Magic Means and then just sort of see what happens around us and see what the market's like and then just work our way through the season. And look, there's a lot of sales on, so mm. um, just I think you've got to be buy beware and, and be a little bit more patient this year. Have you been around and had a look at many of the farms? No, uh, no, no, I haven't. Just haven't had the opportunity. Um, obviously, with a lot of lot of runners at the moment mm. and and things like that, so it's it's been sort of hard to sort of get around to the farms and do all that. And obviously, the spring carnival went a bit longer this year, um, and then obviously we you know we've had a lot of runners in the last sort of month. So um, I've sort of you know we'll just sort of leave that and. Look at the horse on the sale yard on the day. With Simon Zara live in the studio, trainer here at Flemington. Just on that change to the spring carnival, what was your overall, I suppose, assessment of it post-spring? Um, look, I was more probably a spectator the more than, than involved with it, just due to obviously not having a lot of runners. Um, I thought the Caulfield meeting um, after went really, really well. Um you know, there was a lot of people there. There was a great vibe. But I think it sort of lost its mojo probably before the Sandown Guineas meeting. It probably lost its mojo a little bit um, after that. And then I thought Ballarat, you know, obviously, you know, the way the, the, the rain arrived at Ballarat sort of uh, was hard. And obviously Cranbourne, we got the rain as well. Mm. So, look, I think it was sport a little bit by the weather. Um, but just finding a lot of these tracks at the moment becoming... Very, very leaderish. Has been. I talked to a lot of punters, and they're a bit frustrated about having a bet at the moment because finding the tracks are, are real leaderish. And even, you know, the rail at ten on Thursday, yeah. Caulfield, the rail at ten on a Saturday. In my personal view, I don't think that should happen on a on a race meeting, um, on your premier day. And I just think people sort of lose interest a bit. Why do you think it has become? In recent times, very leaderish, and you know we talk a lot of X factors about wind and firmness of tracks. But w- what do you think is the main reason? Look, I'm no I'm no expert, but I, I find that the the a lot of the um, a lot of the curators have got a backup meeting after meeting after meeting, and obviously the firmer the track, the less marking on the track. And these guys are under pressure to produce a uh, a perfect track every week. Um, and especially, you know, with the carnivals, they're, they're back, backing up a lot. And, you know, if you've got the firm, track firmer, the less toe can get into the ground, the better recovery and the best less marking on the tracks. And, you know, these guys are under a lot of pressure. There's, you know, there's no doubt about it. But just finding, you know, these leaderish tracks um, are becoming very frustrating for trainers mm. and owners. And, um, you know, I scratched a couple of horses over the last sort of week because I, we just knew even Geelong the other day, the rail goes true. It's always... A bit leaderish. So, um, look, you know, I'm not potting it, but I think there's got to be answers somewhere down the line where we can just get, you know, those back markets can get half a chance. Does it start to maybe make you think about what type of horses you're looking for in sales and how you're training your horses? I know the old Gay Waterhouse adage is that I want my horse up on the speed. Um, do you think about that? Uh, look, I, I do, but at the end of the day, I think horses are naturally, some have natural speed, some like to wind into it. Um, I find that looking at the calendar when I'm trying to pick a race, um, you know, I, I sort of go on sort of where the rail's going to be, but also, you know, they're making ground on that track, are they not making ground on it? So I'm sort of trying to target, you know, if I've got a back market, you know, do we get what, what, what track do we go to to get a fair chance to get the, get the job done for a back marker? As you mentioned, this Christmas New Year period is extremely busy, a number of meetings, and the traditional meetings, Caulfield Boxing Day, it's on a Tuesday this 
this year, and then um, you got Flemington New Year's Day on Monday the first. And I, I didn't ever notice, but you said, have you seen the um, the average prize money on those days? And they're sixty five thousand dollar races outside of the you know the Boxing Day handicap and the the Standish the the Bagot, which were around about one hundred and seventy five two hundred thousand. But I I can't recall that before. Is that the first year that we've seen these prize money races drop from a Saturday level of prize money down? Yeah, uh, look, it, it, I'm not going to lie. It's the, probably the biggest talk, talking point, uh, you know, at Flemington in, in our hut. I'm not sure about all the other huts and in the other uh, other training complexes, but, um, you know, it was brought up probably a month ago and, uh, look, disappointing. you got double time. Um, there's always been meetings that you can target with your, you know, your 64 and 70 horses and, and get Saturday prize money. And, um, you know, it's frustrating. I think Gawler on Saturday was $65,000 races. So, we go, you know, we, we're meant to be the premier place and you run around for 65 on two public holidays. I, you know, I, obviously, you know, they're feeling the pinch and they're trying to cut costs, but, you know, at, at what expense uh, are we cutting the cost at, you know, to... To owners not investing anymore because they're not getting a return, or you know, it's 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 obviously disappointing. I'm sure there's answers up at the up the top somewhere, but um, yeah, I think a lot of trainers are very frustrated with public holiday sixty five thousand, and even Sundays, a couple of meeting races are thirty five. You know, it's two and a half grand off off a Sunday double time. It costs a lot of money to to run on public holidays and Sundays. I was going to say you make a, a very valid point, Re the money that. It costs you to start horses on those public holidays because of the the penalty rate. So I, I wonder whether that's something that you've indicated to Racing Victoria. Maybe there are other meetings where you could trim a bit of fat off. Because and, and no disrespect to Mooney Valley, but that Saturday meeting at Mooney Valley, which is run on um, the thirtieth, there's not going to be many people going there, and it's not going to hold much interest. Yet you've got your um, majority of the races, uh, 130,000 plus. Would you rather see that transferred to a Boxing Day or a, a um, New Year's Day and have the Saturday reduced prize money? Yeah, look, I, look, I'm not sure what the figures are like on a you know Saturday before. Um, obviously, Boxing Day and and things like that. You know, obviously, a lot of people are, have gone away already or on holidays. They, you know, the punt might be quite attractive to them, but. Um, you know, I just find that, you know, having the Boxing Day tradition and New Year's Day to cut prize money significantly, not just, you know, by by 20 or 30 grand, by nearly half, is a bit of a kick in the teeth to, to a lot of trainers. And, you know, this is our bread and butter time of year. This to people that haven't got carnival horses. And, um, you know, this is where we can make up the shortfall for three months of the spring carnival where you haven't got those, you know, those horses and you you can't run them on a Saturday. You've got to run them in the midweeks mm. or back in the bush. This is this is the time of year we make that up. And, uh, you know, if we be running around for 65, that's like going around and sand down on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, just having a look at the... Uh, Sydney, interestingly enough, most of their races are at the same prize money, 65000 on those Boxing Day and also New Year's Day. So I'm not sure whether RV's following suit or whether that is a standard practice. But I'm with you. I remember it always being like a Saturday Metro quality 
um, meeting with that type of prize money aligned to it. From that prize money point of view, we're going to feel the pinch even further. We've just had a Tabcorp uh, wagering partnership announced. We'll get more details in coming days about what that means for funding, but it's continuing to diminish the prize money. So as a trainer, if there are further reductions that need to be made in prize money or races, what what do you think is the best way to go about it? Look, there's obviously a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of of talk about it and and it's worrying, um, I think. But my personal view, I think we've got to streamline racing and make it a better quality um, betting prospect. You've got, say, three meetings on Friday and the, the fields are small. That means that there's not a lot of betting turnover due to, you know, there's probably seven runners and two can win and the other five can't. Why don't we streamline it and have 16 runners where 10 can win and the pools are bigger because you've got more value like you do throughout the spring. I'm just finding that the, the, the way we're going, it's, it's, it's actually too much racing and people are losing interest. And look, I didn't have a runner Saturday. I didn't watch a race, and that's rare for me. Mm. I, I, I love watching races when I'm not I'm not working. Um, but I, you know, you just there's so much racing. You just you sort of can lose interest, and and, and becomes a bit insignificant. So, well, the three bettings last Friday a bit too much. I look personally for for me. Um, I only had I had runners at two venues, um, but you know these. These jockeys, um, you know, trainers have got runners everywhere. It's just, it's just, and and you've been on the roads. It's, mm. it's bloody hard, mm. you know. Cranbourne, you got to leave two and a half hours to get to Cranbourne. Look, I don't want to sit here and have a whinge about everything, but um, you know, I just think that if if you want answers, we've got to we've got to sort of put our thinking caps on, and I think we need to streamline it. Make it um, the the fields bigger, uh, make it more competitive where the punter gets better value, and uh, you know there's more ch- more horses that can win on in one race than just two or three. Got Simon Zara live in the studio. I'll take a break. After the break, I want to drill down on a few of your runners, find us a winner. There's a few SMSs coming through. If you want to ask Simon a question, uh, I'll happily pass that on and um, hopefully he'll have some Christmas winners for us because we're still trying to pay for those presents and that turkey and I think Simon could put a bit of a turkey away as well. We'll get back to Simon after the break. Stay informed about the state of racing with RSN's Racing Pulse. Welcome back to Racing Pulse. Uh, SMS is Simon's correct. There is an oversaturation of racing. Uh, Big Bash should be a lesson for all of us. Uh, I agree with Simon. As a putter, I find it overwhelming. So many Vic meetings in one day. Uh, I'd rather just bet on one meeting. Um... We've got too much money at the top end of races. It needs to be redistributed. Owners pay all the bills on public holiday. The trainers just pass those costs on. I want to ask you, actually, what what is the average cost now? Because you said it's getting very expensive for owners um, compared to a couple of years ago. Oh, the expenses have gone through the roof. Um, most, most of the contractors, all their prices have gone up. Um, you know, and obviously that comment where um, he said that the owners pay not 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 necessarily. Um, I pay I pay my staff per hour. If they're going to races with five horses, I send three people and myself. And they, it goes so they go to Ararat like I did the other day, double time for three people. I, I don't charge that to my owners. It's um, and then you know it's it's obviously. Concerning, we, we're trying to keep the cost down for the owners, so mm. um, it's not a, a battle of oh, does the owner pay this, owner that. We we want to keep the cost down as much as possible for the owner. So that's that's one thing that we all try and do because um, we want to stay competitive. If we become too expensive, 
they'll just go to someone a bit cheaper and you become you become obsolete. So the key factor for us is to try and keep the cost down to get the, the maximum result for our owners. Um, but, you know, it, it's obviously, you know, you've got... Um, you know, as I said, farriers, vets—they've all gone. Everyone's gone up. The whole world's gone up, and on on everything, even just your feed bill has gone through mm. the roof. So, um, you know, it's people think that you know trainers are wealthy and whatever, but you know they're always on a shoestring budget and 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 trying to get a good result. The, the old adage used to be, if you could win a city race, you pay for the year, or or a midweek race, you pay for most of the year. What's what? What do you need to win now for a a, a a horse to be paid for for a year. Probably a Saturday race is yep. probably what you need um, to get it. To get, and then you've got to get, you know, you obviously you've got to get your, you know, your, your purchase price back. But, um, you know, but look, we're, we're not in it to make a lot of money. We're in it for fun with the owners. We're in it for fun. But the fun goes out of it when you've got a slow one and it's costing you a lot of money. So that's obviously what we do. And then obviously that English Digital has just been an absolute revelation for, mm. for owners, trainers, um, to move horses on. And, and to the, those people in, say, Adelaide, Queensland, New South Wales, Bush and Darwin and those places, they can just buy horses that are ready-made and ready to go. Yeah. All right, let's get a winner. We need some. You've got a couple in tomorrow. What happened to who got Susie? Uh, who shot Susie last start? Oh, I think... Uh, look, a bit of a question mark on her run. Um, she's normally pretty genuine. That's probably the worst run of her career. So I just put a line through it and just sort of freshened her up. I've been keen to get her to the straight for a long time. And obviously, Fleming's going to put on this meeting up the straight, which is, um, you know, I think it's exciting. Obviously, they've been trying to get it off the mark for a few years. So. Um, hopefully, um, you know, people take it on board tomorrow, get out there and, uh, you know, support the meeting. So it's a wait and see for her? A, a little bit. It looks a nice sort of race. She's got good speed. Track work at home has been good. She's made good recovery. Um, so I just, I, I, look, I think she'll enjoy the straight. She's fast. Um, let's just hope she, she sort of can get get back to her best. Nice return win by Ruada uh, at Bendigo. Takes another step up tomorrow. But have you got a bit of an opinion of this Rubik gelding? Yeah, look, definitely. It's probably um, – I sort of ran it. He, he got to the races. He's always shown us a lot of ability. He got to the races in the middle of winter. We generally like to run our two-year-olds. Um, but we sort of got there on the day and, and the track was bottomless and he never went a yard. So we just put him out gave him a nice break. And his two jump outs going to Benigo were really solid, uh, good hit outs. And, look, I, I, this race looks absolutely perfect. It's just a 64 after straight 1100. Should get a nice run and, uh, you know, Blake, Blake Shin's back, on, um, back at the race. And mm. uh, happy to use your services. Fifteen bucks. Yeah, I think it was a bit. Over. I thought it was a bit over. It was a good, solid win. Um, he did a lot wrong. He he uh, he ran in. He ran out and was there to get collared. And um, yeah, he really sort of stuck to the line. So I was a bit surprised on the price, but I thought he'd run well. He'll be hungry, uh, Blake. His first day back, I think, since uh, the Flemington Carnival. So good to see him back in the saddle. And he got one today. And there was an SMS saying, "I'm very keen on Winds of March today. Is this the one we're backing?" Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was probably nearly my best for the week. To be honest, mm. he's um, he's run the other day was big. We he obviously formed sort of tapered off, but we found a few issues. So we ironed them out, and um, his first up run back was 
was sensational, really. He never won under 2,000, but he went to the mile. He probably got a little bit of luck. He might have won on that day in uh, 1850, big track like Terang, drawn beautifully. Uh, Houston's a, a kid that I've been using, and I, I think he's got a massive future, this kid, once he gets to the into the city and everyone sees, you know, how good this bloke rides. He's, Paul Pruss has gonna, done a great job with him. He, um, you know, he can put the stick away, he can put it left and right, and, uh, you yeah, know, I, lo- I, I love the way this kid rides. So, um, you know, he, he's very, very natural for me, and uh, I think he can get the job done today. I like it. He's a $5 chance race, eight. So that's the, the Christmas stocking stuffer? Yeah, I think so. He's a, he's a nice horse, and uh, I think we can get the money before Christmas. Who's the horse you're most excited about in the yard at the moment? Um, obviously, Mutube sort of took everything before mm. him over the spring. Um, I had a nice horse called Don't Hope Do at one of Bendigo, ran third on Cox Plate Day. Um, we've just recently gelded him and, uh, and and put him out. Uh, we just sort of bought another import the other day. So it lands in Australia in January. Where from? Uh, over from, from England. So he's a, he's a really nice horse. and um, He's a maiden. He's had a couple of seconds and good form out of his races. So, um, look, he's exciting. And, look, it's funny, you know, that they're, they're easier to sell than the yearlings, these overseas mm. horses. And, you know, I, I find that the older generation are, don't want to wait anymore. They're, you know, they're getting got a bit of money and they want to sort of get get into it straight away. And it's been uh, successful so far. We've had three internationals and all, all have won. And, uh, and, you know, I hope we can continue that run. You done your Christmas shopping? Oh, no, I'm a tight ass. <laughs> Big family. How many Christmas presents do you buy? No, not a lot. (laughs) What is it? Just family Kris Kringle. Yeah, family Kris. We've got, you know, there's uh, eight of us in my family, so it becomes becomes a bit overwhelming. And, uh, you know, eight Maltesers. Short. (laughs) What is it? Uh, Deep pocket, short arms. So is Christmas at mum's? Uh, my brother's this year, so okay. it's, um, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, but look, we, we, we sort of, everyone's a bit older now and, uh, and, uh, you know, we just sort of meet up for lunch and things like that, so. Very good. Um, so you've not asked for anything? No, 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 the undies and socks come Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate, enjoy, uh, the Christmas period. I know you don't get much respite, uh, everyone that works in the stables and, uh, we'll probably see you up at the Magic Millions as well. There is one SMS here that says that, um, can Simon give us the best tip for a, um, solarium over the, the summer <laughs> period? So, that's a bit mean. Uh, you are looking... <laughs> Golden brown I'm at, the white at the moment. Dang it, I, your face I, is toasty. No, just no, I've been covering up slip slop really? slap. Slip slop slap. Not a lot of sun out at the moment. It's no, it's fifteen and rain. For God's sake, <laughs> what the hell's going on? Uh, Simon, thanks for coming in, mate. Uh, we'll catch you in a couple of weeks up on the Gold Coast. Enjoy this period and good luck tomorrow, especially at Flemington. No worries, thank you, Simon Zara, joining us live in the studio.